It always seems like just as we are getting things going, just as things are starting to line up in our favor, we hit a roadblock. Right? You're making great time on a road trip, you hit a traffic jam. Right? A couple of years ago, in my first year as pastor, after about six months, I think, okay, I'm starting to get the, thing of the, or the feel of this thing. I still had no idea what I was doing. Pandemic. Right? As we come out of the pandemic, okay, it's start, as we're coming out, it's starting to get better. All right, the numbers are going down. War. It always seems like at that moment, right as we are about to break through, there's this challenge that gets put in front of us that we can't control, we certainly don't understand. What then are we to do? St. Paul tells us in that second reading from the first letter to the Corinthians, whoever thinks he is standing secure should take care not to fall. And this is not simply Paul being glib and saying, you know, pride cometh before the fall. This is Paul speaking from his own experience. Paul knowing that there was a point in his life where he believed that he had all of the answers to all of life's problems. He was an astute student of the law. He had been trained. He was living the law with exemplary, almost unimpeachable goodness. Not only that, but he knew that the Christian way was wrong and his persecution of the church was justified. And it was at that moment God came to him on the way to Damascus when Jesus spoke directly to him. Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Because he was a student of the law and of the prophets, Paul also knew the story that we heard this evening in the, from the book of Exodus, the story of Moses. Remember in the story, Moses was adopted as a prince of the Egyptian court, and then one day he's out and about looking over the fields, and he sees a, a, an Egyptian uh, tr- mistreating a Hebrew, and he murders the Egyptian. And then he flees in fear for his own life. He's at a well, and Jethro, his father-in-law, and the flock find him, and they bring him in, and he offers him his most beautiful daughter. And now Moses has got his life figured out. He's got flocks. He's got responsibility. He has a wife. And at this moment, God comes to him, reveals himself in the bush that is burning but not consumed. You see, friends, in those moments when our world is shaken, sometimes it's not a shining light of God's face, sometimes it's our sin, sometimes it's the sin of the world, when we encounter the realities that are in front of us, that is God's way oftentimes, most of the time, frankly, at least in my experience, of inviting us into deeper relationship. It is in these moments where God truly reveals himself to us. In this moment where Moses' world is turned around and flipped upside down, God says to him his name. The holy name of God, Yahweh. A name that is only spoken with the highest deal of reverence and awe because it is the name of God. So when God comes to Moses, he doesn't just throw his world into disarray. He reveals something of himself. God himself later on in the history of salvation comes into the world. Yes, to transform it, but to reveal himself to each 
and every one of us. These moments where we are challenged, where we struggle, where we doubt if we can ever overcome, are precisely the moments of real transformation and conversion. It is the stuff of the making of saints. And it is precisely for this reason the church asks us to enter into this Lenten season, not to be perfect, not to make sure that no matter what we do, we don't eat bread or give up whatever we do and do that from Ash Wednesday until Easter, but so that we might open our hearts, our minds, our souls to God's love for us, to be made new, to be transformed to bear fruit. In the gospel today, it's an odd parable, isn't it? That Jesus tells of this man who keeps going again and again to this fig tree that isn't bearing fruit. But yet the gardener is the one who says, Lord, let me be the one who pours myself into that so that it will bear fruit. In reality, friends, that gardener is Christ Jesus himself, God incarnate. And he's not talking about some fig tree, some inanimate object. He's talking about your heart. He's talking about your life. Yeah, maybe it hasn't been great. Maybe you've been struggling. Maybe you can't see the fruit in your life. And God himself is saying to each of us, make room in your heart for me. Open up because I want to come in there and bear fruit in ways that you could possibly never imagine. But he's not going to force us. He's not going to do anything other than to invite. And here is that moment for us. What will we do with it? Yesterday, the church celebrated one of her great feast days in the saint's calendar, the Solemnity of St. Joseph, the patron of the church. St. Joseph, the husband of Mary, the stepfather of Jesus. What a blessing it is to have St. Joseph's feast right on the edge of, or in the middle of Lent, but also in response to these readings, right? Because what does St. Joseph do but to perfectly accept the crazy, unknowable will of God with incredible patience, perseverance, and courage. Imagine for a moment what St. Joseph must have been going through, right? True beauty is when my will and God's will are one. When we're around people who are truly beautiful, truly holy people, it inspires us in ways that are boundless. Just a couple weeks ago when the Sisters of Life were here, it was just incredible. You know, obviously I wish I, I had that kind of witness to you all, but I, or to, you know, to myself, but sometimes I struggle, right? But it was just so beautiful. Here are these women who are just authentically living their vocation, and it cannot help but impact and change. Now imagine being engaged to the Blessed Virgin Mary who perfectly did the will of God in everything from the moment of her conception until the moment of her assumption into heaven. Imagine how on fire and otherworldly love Joseph had for his beloved Mary. Here he was, the luckiest guy in the whole wide world. And then right before they're to get married, God comes to him in a dream and says, that woman is the mother of God, and everything changes. But what does Joseph do? He accepts. I'm going to read to you an admittedly long quote from a letter that Pope Francis wrote about St. Joseph last year. Joseph accepted Mary unconditionally. He trusted in the angel's words, even though he did not understand the bigger picture. 
He makes a decision to protect Mary's good name, her dignity, and her life. In his hesitation about how best to act, God helped him by enlightening his judgment. Often in life, things happen whose meaning we do not understand. Our first reaction is frequently one of disappointment and rebellion. Joseph set aside his own ideas in order to accept the course of events, and mysterious as they seem to embrace them, take responsibility for them, and make them part of his own history. Unless we are reconciled with our own history, we will be unable to take a step forward, for we will always remain a hostage to our expectations and the disappointments of others. The spiritual path that Joseph traces for us is not one that explains, but accepts. Only as a result of this acceptance, this reconciliation, can we begin to glimpse a broader history, a deeper meaning. Joseph is certainly not passively resigned, but courageously and firmly proactive. In our own lives, acceptance and welcome can be an expression of the Holy Spirit's gift of fortitude. Only the Lord can give us the strength needed to accept as it is, with all its contradictions, frustrations, and disappointments. Jesus' appearance in our midst is a gift from the Father, which makes it possible for each of us to be reconciled to the flesh of our own history even when we fail to understand it completely. Just as, Joseph, just as God told Joseph, Son of David, do not be afraid, so he seems to tell us, do not be afraid. We need to set aside all anger and disappointment and to embrace the way things are, even when they do not turn out as we wish, not with mere resignation, but with hope and courage. In this way, we become open to a deeper meaning. Our lives can be miraculously reborn if we find the courage to live them in accordance with the gospel. It does not mean if everything seems to have gone wrong or some things can no longer be fixed. God can make flowers spring from stony ground. Even if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our hearts, and he knows everything. Here, once again, we encounter that Christian realism which rejects nothing that exists. Reality in its mysterious and irreducible complexity is the bearer of existential meaning with all its lights and shadows. In this greater perspective, faith gives meaning to every event, however happy or sad. Nor should we ever think that believing means finding facile and comforting solutions. The faith Christ taught us is what we see in St. Joseph. He did not look for shortcuts, but confronted reality with open eyes and accepted personal responsibility for it. Now, I know that's a long quote, and I know that I've gone on longer than I normally do, but I think it's important for us in this moment of Lent, having heard these scriptures, to stop and to look at the world in front of us with eyes unveiled, with hearts afire with the love of God, and to receive and to accept what God has put in front of us as his will, and that we have been chosen for these moments. God chose St. Joseph for that moment. He chose you from before the world began for the realities, the challenges, the joys that you and I face. And I think it's important also with St. Joseph to recognize he never faced those challenges alone. His love always led him into relationship with Mary and with Jesus, 
with the church, so too for us. We don't know what is in front of us, but we do know who loves us. We do know whose we are. We also know that the mystery of the world has been so loved by God that not only has it been created, but he has given to us his body and blood, soul and divinity in the Eucharist, and the gift of his mercy in the sacrament of confession. During these days of Lent, we face the uncertainties and the obstacles with the courage, the acceptance, and the patient joy of St. Joseph. May he ever intercede for each and every one of us, and may he ever serve as an example to us of doing God's will, of accepting the challenges and the joys that life has in front of us with courage, conviction, and hope. St. Joseph, pray for us.